Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, on this great Feast of Pentecost, I want to say to each and every one of you listening to me, Happy Birthday! Because today, according to the traditional theology, is the birthday of the Church. And we're all members of the church, and so we can say happy birthday to each other today. It behooves us, therefore, on this birthday of the church to reflect on the nature of the church. You know, in the creed every Sunday, we recite this familiar phrase. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Whenever I say that phrase, I remember many years ago when I was training altar servers back in my first parish, And we made the kids in those days memorize the creed. That was part of their training. So one day this this nervous little guy uh, was reciting the creed to me, doing very well. And he came to this line and he said, We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apple cider church. (laughs) I always think of him when I recite those four characteristics. But, you know, all four of these marks can be seen from the very beginning, from that first Pentecost. We notice first. At the prompting of Jesus, the disciples are gathered together in one place. They're in the upper room with the Virgin Mary, and they are united in prayer. They're one. Jesus, at the Last Supper, prayed that his followers might always remain united. Father, that they might be one as you and I are one. When we come together as a corporate body, united in prayer, we are powerful. You know, in the Catholic sensibility, the spiritual life is never lived individually. We never negotiate our relationship with the Lord individually, but rather we become members of his body. That's why I see for Catholics that phrase, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, is just anomalous. We don't think that's the right way to even pose the question. Rather, are you a member of the church? Have you found your unity with the other cells and molecules and organs in the body of Christ? That's why the disunity in Christ's body around the world should be to all sensitive Christians a source of scandal. This is the ground for the great ecumenical drive, ut unum sint, that they might be one. That's the title of one of John Paul II's great encyclical letters, that they might be one. Then we're powerful. Then we're a force to be reckoned with. The unity of the church. Secondly, the church is holy. 
And this can be seen, too, right from the very beginning. What does it mean to say we're holy? It means to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, that love which unites the Father and the Son. The breath that hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation. Remember Genesis says the Ruach Yahweh, the breath of Yahweh, hovered over the waters and brought forth from them order in creation. Jesus, after his resurrection, breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So, at Pentecost, before the church ever put together a mission statement, before it ever met in council, before it ever organized parishes or dioceses, before it ever established its leadership in the Vatican, before any of that, it was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's how it became the church. This, of course, is still true. What's the church's business? What's the church's deepest identity? Simply this, to make people holy. We do lots of things in the church. We teach and we preach. We minister, we pastor, we reach out. We feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty. We do all kinds of things. But it's all in service, finally, of one thing, and that's to make people holy. Pope Benedict XVI just came to these shores. He said many things. He did many things. He appeared many places. You know what the ultimate purpose was? To make people holy. Look at all the people who minister in the Archdiocese of Chicago from Cardinal George all the way down to the simplest and most humble servant of the church, they all have the same purpose. To make people holy. That's what the the sacraments accomplish, isn't it? Baptism draws people into the Trinitarian life. Penance restores them to grace when that relationship is compromised by sin. Confirmation strengthens people in the Holy Spirit. Holy orders in marriage commission people for the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the sacraments are all about. That's why the saints exemplify the church at its best. That's why the saints are, as the French would say, the raison d'etre of the church, the whole reason for the church's being. It's not primarily popes and bishops and priests, theologians, or laity as such who embody the deepest identity of the church. It's the saints who do so. Because they're the ones who are especially filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why on this Pentecost Sunday, it might be good just to reflect on that simple idea. Am I growing in holiness? If I'm not, then I'm wasting my time. Thirdly, the church is Catholic. Catholic. Word that simply means universal. It's from two Greek words, kataholos, according to the whole. The church of Jesus Christ is intended to stretch from end to end of the whole world. Jesus said, Go, teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
And so, on this first Pentecost, as we hear in the reading today, the disciples burst forth from the upper room, a bit like the the life bursting forth from Noah's Ark. They burst forth to preach, to teach, and they are heard in that beautiful story in all the languages of the people gathered there. This was an historical fact, but also a powerful theological symbol. The message of Christ is meant not just for Jews, not just for the Roman Empire, not just for the West. The message of Christ is meant for everybody. We were from the beginning Catholic even when we were very small. Even when it was just that tiny handful of people gathered in the upper room, we were the Catholic Church. Henri de Lubac said, even at the cross, when there was only the Virgin Mary and St. John, we were still the Catholic Church. Because that was always our purpose. That's why, as I've often said, it's one of the principal glories of the Catholic Church to this day that it spans the nations and the cultures. Indeed, it's perhaps the only truly international reality in existence today. John Paul II proved this so vividly at the World Youth Days, didn't he? We have World Youth Day coming up this summer in Sydney. It was vividly brought home to me last Easter Sunday, Easter of 2007, when I was privileged to be at St. Peter's in Rome. And I came out from the basilica and I looked out at the crowd gathered in that great space before St. Peter's. And I saw, it seemed, all the nations of the world. As I waded into that crowd to distribute communion, I, I heard, it seemed, all the languages of the world. That was a Pentecost moment. That's when the Catholicity, the universality of the church, was on clear display. And of course, wasn't it Pontius Pilate who unconsciously gave witness to this Catholicity when he put in all the great languages of the time and place the announcement over the cross that Jesus is the King of the Jews, Catholic, universal, announcing to all the world. Finally, the church is apostolic. It's one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And this, too, is witnessed to right from the beginning as the Spirit descended on the apostles, the twelve, the new Israel whom Jesus had chosen. The word apostle is derived from the Greek term apostelain, which simply means to send. We speak of posting a letter, sending a letter. Well, the apostles are like letters. They've been posted. They've been sent by the Lord. Everybody in the Bible, Old Testament and New, is a missionary because everybody who encounters the Lord is sent. The word mission from the Latin missio, the verb mitere, to send. It's very important, I think, Christians, that this is essential to us. It's not as though some people among us are sent. You know, some people are missionaries. No, no, everybody is a missionary because the church is apostolic. It's based upon this whole idea. The Catholic Church is never meant to sit still. 
we are, in this sense, all of us, successors of the apostles. Now, of course, the bishops are in a very special way, but every baptized person in this broader sense is a successor of the apostles because we've all got the mission to propagate the faith. We all need to burst forth from that upper room and announce Christ. You know, have you ever noticed how obsessed the Catholic Church is with teaching? We have grade schools, high schools, colleges, universities, graduate institutions, Episcopal conferences, the Vatican, and they're all teaching. They're all teaching bodies, teaching institutions. Well, this flows directly out of our apostolic nature. The moment the Spirit descended on them, the first apostles wanted to tell the whole world about who Jesus Christ is, and we haven't stopped. If we do, we lose our apostolic nature. And so, friends, on this birthday of the church, I'd like you to visualize that scene, that upper room, the apostles and Mary gathered together praying. But I want you to insert yourself in that scene. You're there with them, praying for the coming of the Spirit. And then imagine that Spirit descending on them and on you. And you realize profoundly at that moment that you are one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Happy birthday, and God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.